0: Trey Bryant, like, he's a great player. But when you have knee problems as bad as he did, they do not go away. Like, even if you have surgery and do as much as you can, like, they just don't go away. And for him to say he's 100% full go, we'll see. We'll see. I I have my serious doubts because knee, like, unfortunate for him, like, because, like, health issues, like, they suck so much. But knee issues do not go away.
1: Had to drop that clip in there from Zach Grunder from a couple episodes back. You can check it out in the archives uh, on Coronation or jitterymonkey.com. Uh, but Zach said at the time, this is, of course, before we knew about Trey Bryant's uh, retirement. I meant to bring it up in the last episode earlier in the week, uh, but Zach said, you know, those knee injuries, chronic knee problems are tough and, and kind of alluded to the fact that that uh, he, he didn't think that Trey would uh, be able to continue his football career so shout out to Zach for calling that one a few weeks back again uh under the unfortunate circumstances uh you know we uh, we certainly wish Trey uh the best of luck and that he's able to you know have you know normal knees going forwards if they're not taking the uh, uh use and abuse of of college and football and beyond so uh shout out to Grunder he 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 called this one a few weeks back all right now the show can begin Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast brought to you by CornNation.com and hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahochko. My co-host, as always, is Hoss Reuter. Hoss, good to talk to you again. It's been just a few days since we've talked, but this is what we're going to do during the football season. We're going to try to knock out two shows every week, one being a review, maybe even a Uh, raw emotion, look back at the game that just happened, and then Later in the week, closer to the next game day, we're going to have a little preview and hopefully uh, uh, have a sit-down chat with someone from an SB Nation site that covers our opponent that week. We had plans uh, to be joined by uh, James Snyder, who covers uh, the uh, Akron Zips for HustleBelt.com. Unfortunately, he had to cancel at the last minute, uh, said he's just kind of overloaded with work. We want to encourage everybody to uh, check out Coordination.com because we still send a Q&A, uh, and, and that's a little bit uh, easier for, I think, a lot of people to kind of sit there and take a few minutes and knock it out rather than you know being on, on Skype on, a, on the call for you know, 20, 25 minutes, something like that. So check out the Q&A that you can find on coordination.com uh, and learn a little bit about our opponent this week. But, Haas, good to talk to you again. Good to
0: talk to you as well. We are in the midst of uh, the greatest week
1: of the year. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about what is going to transpire here. Uh, as we record this, it's Wednesday night, but this is actually going to drop on Friday. So uh, we have really just under 48 hours, maybe about 36 hours or so uh, until from the time that this episode drops until... Game day, 7 o'clock kickoff, Memorial Stadium, the Nebraska Cornhuskers opening the frost era, if you will, uh, against the Akron Zips. We are joined. We have been... Oh boy. We have had this date highlighted on the calendar ever since we decided to do the cross-examination series uh, on the Five Heart Podcast. We're joined by the man, the myth, the legend... He stared death down in the face, kicked it in the nuts, and came back. Woo! John Johnston, our fearless leader of Coronation. John, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show.
2: That's uh, that's a hell of an intro.
1: I, I, I have to live up to now. You, you do, but you will because you're John damn Johnston. <laughs> JDJ. Nobody has
2: ever called me that in my life. <laughs> They've called me many uh, things, but they've never called me John Damn Johnston.
0: (laughs) I'm going to start calling that instead John Boy. Welcome back to the show. John Boy,
2: I've gotten a lot. So how are you guys doing?
0: Fantastic.
1: Are we ready? I I, I think because I I was a late-to-the-party Husker fan, uh, this is probably as excited as I've been for a uh an, an you know a game or a week 1 game you know in in my memory it's for me this is and again this is going to sound a little I, I don't know you know cuz i wasn't around for the glory days but this feels right like this feels as right of a of a fit of a team head coach university fit as i've ever seen so i'm pumped uh saturday night can't get here fast enough for me yeah, I'm
0: in the same boat. I'm I'm climbing the walls here, waiting for Saturday night
1: to roll around.
2: You know what? I I'll be honest with you. I'm not that excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, wait. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I can't wait. I, I'm
2: kind of honestly. I'm I'm kind of terrified. Is it because uh, I agree with you? I agree with you. My God, can we edit any of this stuff? And, and just in case I like dig myself a giant tunnel into the Well, ground.
0: John, tell us how you really feel about how
2: well, much God you damn can it. Oh, God, I, I'm already swearing. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of terrified in a way because I'll tell you this. I uh, I agree with uh, that this does feel right. It It's the second coming. But on the other hand, we kind of looked at other things and those were the second comings also in a way it's not this this is like the second coming cube and and i think it's it's terrifying to be in a way because if it doesn't work out then god help us so you know i I don't plan on living past scott frost myself i honest to god don't i no, and and you know that that's a i really want i really want scott frost to be the last coach of my lifetime and, and and that's an amazing thing to say.
0: You well, you're pretty old, so you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, just just mash those in there, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm well,
0: here to please. No, I I you think. A story I, about how old I am. I I can't wait. Did you yeah. grow up in a sod dugout?
2: We might as well just uh, no. That's it. I was working at a customer site, and I'm working with this woman on her computer, and uh, she turns and she looks at me, and she goes, she goes, "You're a veteran, right?" Like, you fought in the Korean War? (laughs) And this, of course, this, of course, was overheard by other people, so every time I go into this customer site and I work in the warehouse with the warehouse guys on the shipping machines and, you know, FedEx and all that kind of stuff, they all look at me and they go, hey, how's the Korean
0: War event today? Well, how's it been?
2: You know, she was Welsh, so she didn't know any better, but you know, it's.
1: I think that. I feel like that's a very blanket generalization of uh, our friends, the Welsh.
2: Yes. They didn't know <laughs> what the Korean War was. Everybody <laughs> else caught up on it. And they're like, did you go short in, Sean? Yeah, I did. The Chinese were nasty. Anyway, what were we talking about?
0: Well, we were talking about the arrival of the Scott Frost
1: era.
2: Oh, we were. We were talking about how terrified I am. I, I,
1: I want to point out that, that you this is not the first time that you've said you know that you want Scott Frost to be the last head coach at Nebraska in your lifetime you made a really I don't know poignant or, or touching tweet because obviously we all want Frost to be successful we've, we've all wanted you know Mike Riley, Bob Bill Callahan, Frank Solich. We, we've wanted them all to be successful and all have the 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 10 years of a, a you know a Tom Osborne but the, just the way you phrased that that tweet, and, and I don't know if it just caught me at the right time, but I'm like, that's a that's a a very long term. Yeah, that's about as hopeful of a tweet I think as, as I've come across in, in you know in Twitter's kind of like uh, you know hell. It's abandoned hope all it you is. do enter. Um, but that was that was all right here. If you want some classic literature reference. That was the Virgil to my Dante. That got me through the day.
2: Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm sure four of the, your <laughs> listeners understood that reference. Hey,
1: <laughs> if they don't, if they don't understand Dante's,
0: hey, Dante. Hey, if Mario Verduzco listens to the show, he would definitely understand that <laughs>
1: reference. He probably would. That's true.
0: Yeah. And he, I mean, he already talks about Niccolo Machiavelli on Twitter, so I got, I got a feeling he understands uh, Dante's Inferno.
2: You know, here's the, I was I, I went down and I shot the spring game, and uh, for a while I stood. You know, they cordoned off where the players were, so you can't go in there, but you can be on the sidelines, obviously, if it's a photographer. And I stood next to this. Uh, I'm not going to share his name because I, I didn't ask his permission, but he was. Uh, he referred to Frost as his quarterback, quote unquote, and he was a lineman when Frost was there, and uh, you know. Uh, he, he and I talked for a while, and he was a very good gentleman. And uh, he basically looked at me and he said, you know, let's face it, if Scott Frost can't get this done, we might as well just cash it in. You know, who can And I kind of went, oh, God, that's a lot. Of, you think about it. I mean, is this exciting? Yes, it is exciting. And it's terrifying at the same time. You can be both. But it's also kind of like saying, if he can't do this, then really, I mean, that's, that's, I don't want to think about that. Anyway, we're going to be in a happy mood. Let's see. Um, I have faith in him. Mostly because I, I think we want
0: to. that you, John Wayne? I can't, here's
2: the thing. I can't imagine. You've literally taken an entire state's ego and placed it on the on one man's shoulders. And that is an amazing thing to do.
1: It is... Uh, the level of expectations is incredibly high. And I, I don't... I, I think some people took issue with, with Frost, uh, you know, his comments in the offseason about, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember his, his exact words uh, verbatim, but to, to the effect of, uh, you know what it's a, it's an uphill battle or or you know it's a long road to hoe you know anyway, trying to temper those expectations he had I mean that just seems like the the natural reaction when everybody's like, well, it's Scott Frost, we're gonna win ten games and we're gonna win a national championship in two years and and uh, we're back. I do think that the potential is there, and I do think that you know Scott Frost will be the guy, but at the same time, I don't blame him for. You know, essentially granting himself, you know, without without the permission of the of the fan base, but granting himself a little bit of a leash, saying, you know, what it might take, it might take a few years. Twenty twenty two is the is the year we're shooting for. Twenty twenty two in Indianapolis, host. Did you catch that? Oh it, well, in the,
0: it's in Indianapolis, huh?
1: Yeah, uh, we were corrected. I, you missed that episode, but we were corrected on Twitter. Twenty twenty two is in Indianapolis.
0: Great, just even closer for us to drive.
1: Tell you what, you fly to St. Louis and, and we'll drive over there.
0: Sounds good. I mean, a little disappointed it's not in Bourbon Street, but hell, I'd go to Mars if it meant Nebraska playing a national championship game.
1: That's actually twenty twenty-five. So okay, so we're gonna win two in a three-year time frame. And, and, and but we gotta we gotta get to Mars somehow.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's.
1: Well, we best start training. <laughs> Um, you guys took so long I had to open another beer. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Hey. All right, so what we're going to do is we are obviously going to talk about some of the news and notes uh, because even though we just recorded... We are.
2: We are. We were done with that Scott Frost intro. <laughs> wait, dude, settle
0: down. Damn. Drink hey, that beer. No.
2: Nobody gets to tell me to settle down.
0: <laughs> I don't even get take drunk drugs and, in that Get part. mad online, John, John, John Damn Johnson.
2: I'm not sure what else I was going to say about the Scott Frost intro. Um, okay, I'll tell you this. Monday night was our our Minnesotans for Nebraska. There's an alumni group in Minnesota, and uh, they, we had our annual golf out. Okay, so this year, uh, I didn't make it last year, went in this year, and it was supposed to be 3 p.m. was, quote, unquote, social hour. And I got there at 3.30 p.m., and I walked in the room, and the only people sitting in the room were – Baron Von Rasky and his wife. Hey.
1: Wow. Don't disparage the good damn name of the Baron I'm, Von Rasky. I'm not.
2: I'd, so they had apparently started on the golf course an hour late, so we didn't know that. So I got to sat there for an hour and talk to the Baron and his wife, Bonnie, who were wonderful, really wonderful conversation to talk to them. And the Baron basically told me his life story about getting into wrestling. And then Mike Rozier actually was out on the golf course with everybody and he came in and talked for a while and uh, I stayed around late because I had a beer to finish that the Baron gave me because his wife scowled at him when he was going to have another beer. So I asked, Mike Rozier was there and Rodney Lewis was there. Rodney Lewis played cornerback for Nebraska when Mike Rozier was there. So, you know, people ask them, how long do you think it'll take Frost to turn this around, and they both said three years, and I was kind of like, "Oh God, why? Why are you there?" No, they, I, You know what? The Big Ten is not our old conference. Our old conference was this constantly going to games where we waited for one big game at the end of the year most years. Now maybe Colorado was good some seasons. Missouri was in there, Kansas State under Snyder. Stopped being a trash heap. This is the Big Ten. They're not... They have all the money on the planet and they're not... I don't know. Crap. They're not crap. So, you're going to put up with Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh and Mark D'Antonio and James Franklin on the other side of the fence. Paul Crist on this side, I don't think P.J. Fleck is going to win a whole lot of games here at minnesota and we're kind of in a really good position on our side of the conference but if you really if we really you're looking at scott frost going oh god we're so impatient we only have three years to like i don't know win a big 10 championship we're already crazy people
0: because yeah but he if, if he doesn't accomplish if he that by you smashed in minnesota last yeah, but you have to consider the surrounding context of a fifty-four twenty-one loss to row the boat.
2: Okay, at the end of that game, do you remember the end of, end of the Minnesota game?
0: And it's a little hazy from the <laughs> Tito's Vodka Screwdrivers <laughs> breakfast breakfast I had yeah. that morning, but yeah.
2: I was shooting that game. I was on the field. We called timeout three times in a row down by like 21 points. And Patrick O'Brien got sacked three times in a row by a guy that nobody bothered to pick up because nobody cared. If you're going to tell me that they're just going to sprinkle magic dust on a bunch of guys and take those guys and turn them into warriors in, what, three months, six months, you're an idiot.
0: Uh, well, you know what? I'll, I'll take that distinction then because Minnesota is not 33 points better than us under normal circumstances.
2: And I'm going to say No, they're not. Under normal circumstances.
0: Not having Bob Bob, Diaco in there. You know, uh, until they prove it,
2: why would you bother? I get the Kool-Aid drinking.
0: Oh, it's not Kool-Aid. Like Minnesota, the very next week, they got shut out by Northwestern, didn't even manage a first down. When you consider how fractured we were as a program, by the second weekend of November last year, it was just easy picking for Minnesota guys couldn't get lined up. We were playing our safeties, you know, 12 to 15 yards off the ball and expecting them to fill the alley on the keep side of his own read. And demry Croft is off to the races every time. Cause no one can get into position uh, with, with a defensive coordinator. Who's not that passive and with a stronger willed head coach and, you know, Players actually lifting weights. That thirty-three point gap between us and Minnesota closes pretty quickly.
2: It's still a thirty-three point <laughs> gap between us and Minnesota,
0: and Minnesota yeah, sucks. It's not like we're. It's not like that thirty-three points is automatically spotted to them on October twentieth of this year. It's not like we're starting to okay. up and Okay, new year's new season. What are you drinking? I am. I'm stone cold <laughs> sober. Are you? Yeah okay, fine. I was deep in my textbooks all evening. Listen when Steve
2: Simple <laughs> says we're going to eight and four is he selling newspapers or is he what do you I looked at that and went good I like sip I do uh, but he's selling newspapers.
0: eight and four would be great. I'm still right at seven and five anything more than seven and five is great. all
1: right can, can I can I chime in real quick while we're well while no we're we're, cr-
2: we're taking over.
1: We might have to hold you in contempt. <laughs> I'm gonna say this is gonna be the best podcast ever. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't get no, I out. Wish much. I was drinking.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say when you're talking about drinking the Kool Aid. Um, I, 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 by now it's the middle of the week. We've released our preseason roundtable, right? On on Cornation. Yes, we have. have missed that. Did anybody see the uh, end of the uh, like the year end? Prediction that I made as far as record, I I went I went all in I doubled down I said ten and two. Oh
0: man, I would love that. I would be in heaven. How
2: many uh, (laughs) how many meths did you do before you made that prediction? (laughs) No meths.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I just just sometimes
2: I feel like that, but it's only after I've done at least twenty three (laughs) meths.
0: 23 is the magic number for John.
2: Yeah, I'm to, to, <laughs> just, I, I, you know, uh, between all the other drugs I have to take, if I get to 21 mess, I'm not just there yet. And if I go, Oh, 22, 23, ah, 10 and two.
0: Hey, I said 10 and two on my preseason prediction last August with the big red Uh
1: huh. Looking back on
0: that. I should have been drug tested, man. Woo.
2: Well, so, no, nobody knew that shirtless Bob Diaco was going to turn into,
0: can you feel the strain? <laughs> no reasonable reason. That's my favorite Diacoism.
1: We, oh, I want this to go on forever, but we have questions for our fearless leader. All right, let's delve We have questions? Oh, yeah. This is the you cross-examination.
0: Of Where were you May 21st, 1974? <laughs>
2: Oh my God! (laughs) I really, given the given the fact that uh, my dad died September fourteenth, nineteen seventy four, I could probably tell you within a reasonable. I was twelve. I had just come out of the Korean War. (laughs) Twelve. We got through Incheon okay. And then we went right up into that, uh, you know, what the, what the hell is the cold valley? The American military suffered one of their worst defeats when t- 250,000 Chinese came over in the middle of the night with the freezing, what, Yalu Ridge? That- no, the Yalu River. Okay, let's go on.
0: Yangzi River?
2: Is it, is it the Yalu? Is it the Yalu? Let's move on. John- all I know is, all I know all is MacArthur
0: was relieved of duty shortly after.
1: John, will you join us on the show like every other week? Yeah, can we just have
0: like a oh like show like every fourth game of the season where we just
1: recap past four games.
0: Okay. Or
1: the Gulf War, because I figure that's the one he served in next.
0: <laughs> yeah, like what were you by that point? Like Brigadier General?
2: <laughs> oh no, I never it never made it past a non comp. Uh, yeah, I did do something stupid and get uh, busted back down to private.
0: <laughs> uh we're in we're in Grenada. You know uh, what's that movie with Clint Eastwood that's just terrible.
1: Um, uh, something rich.
0: We're in that with him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was the guy who yanked the earring out, but they I had a lot of makeup on.
1: Well, for crying out loud! All right, all right. So we we're go.
0: gonna just cross off that John is dressed in
1: drag. John, uh, we have no more questions. He, he was the clinger. That's what it was. All right, In that show, that I probably
2: would have been more radar. Yeah,
1: that's probably true. Knowing what we okay. know of you and your tech savvy ways, although okay, you have questions. Yeah, um, yeah. If you swear, tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the
0: truth. So help you, Scott Frost. <laughs>
2: I swear to the Scott Frost, I will.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get started, Greg.
1: All right, first question is an easy one. Are you a Nebraska native?
2: I am a Nebraska native.
1: Could you go into more detail? What what part of of the state
2: team? I was born and raised in a little town called Curtis, Nebraska, which is uh, 35 miles south of North Platte. It was a great place to grow up. It was a small western Nebraska town experience where there weren't a lot of people in my high school. I was not a very good athlete, but I still got to participate in sports because there weren't enough really good guys to be ahead of me. You know what? That's okay. We had guns before we had organized sports.
0: So when you said that there weren't enough... People ahead of you. Did that also go for like your dating life in a small town as well?
2: (laughs) Uh, We have to be careful here because my (laughs) wife of uh, a lot of years, which is almost thirty, is from my same hometown.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No further questions on that one. The defense
1: rests.
2: Yeah, that's good. We should move on now. Let's move
1: on. So you mentioned earlier uh, about uh, a client and computers and other technical mumbo jumbo. So what's your day job, boss?
2: I am an IT consultant. Okay. Uh, That means – here's the thing. I've been an IT consultant for most of my career. Um, And I'm not going to go into a long thing about this, but – what that really means is I moved from company to company, and I've worked with really huge companies like Zurich Insurance and a company called Tetra Pak. Uh, if you walk into a, a store and you pick up a juice carton and you turn it over, you're going to see one of two logos, and that's going to be a triangle for Tetra Pak or a something else for a company called Combi Block. And Tetra Pak is one of the largest private organizations on the planet Earth. I'll stop talking about them. But I've worked literally as a consultant in IT in every industry I can think of. Um, I work mostly on the enterprise level on servers and networks. Uh, people don't want me around their end users as much. And I, I, anymore, I do since i've worked for big companies in the past i like to work for smaller companies now because i feel like it's it's more interesting and it's more fun and i make more of an impact i like to work with smaller companies and help them grow and then uh i don't know what else should i say
1: No. so uh, how there's,
0: how, there's how soon after the them. korean war did you go into it what's that so, how soon after you got out of the Korean War did you go into
1: IT? Immediately. Immediately, wow! Yeah, on the frontier of computers, man. Yes, he might have been the first IT. Yeah, I you was Steve Jobs. First. We're talking John damn Johnson.
2: Yeah, exactly, John damn Johnson. You <laughs> sons of bitches! I'm going to have some more beer. I want. I, want I there actually, to be. I actually uh, started writing in the computer industry, and I wrote in the computer industry for like 15 years. And I had really good editors. And the reason why I did that is because I knew I could get free software if I could review it. And that's really where my writing started is I wanted to be really good at it. And I did a lot of public speaking early in my career. Uh, The first time I ever spoke publicly, I spoke to 700 people. And I don't recommend that you start (laughs) with 100 people because it's terrifying. But uh, I wrote for 15 years and when blogging started uh, all the websites or all the magazines and the people that I wrote for went away like in a year and a half. And I used to get paid like $1,000 for three hours of work to write a 1,000 or a 1,500 word article. I mean, you used to make really good money because nobody in the computer industry could write. And, uh, and then it went away, and I got angry for three years. And then I thought, I'm going to write about something I love, and that will be Nebraska football. And then uh, about eight or nine months into that, it didn't take long, uh, a man named Tyler Blazinski sent me an email, and he was with something called SB Nation. He said, would you please join us? Like, I came downstairs, and I looked at my wife. I got this email that wants me to join a network What do you think about that? He said, I don't know. It sounds kind of like I don't know what they're losing.
1: Where'd you go, John? Well, I'm still here. Okay. We lost the tail end of that story.
2: Oh, which part did I, you lose?
1: Oh, you got an email from Tyler Blazinski, it's something like that?
2: Okay, I got the email from Tyler, and he basically asked me to feed the Nebraska guy. And, uh, you know, I went downstairs, and I looked at my wife, and I said, I got this email from this guy, and he wants me to join a network full of blogs. And she goes, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I don't know. It sounds like, let's try it and see what happens. So it was. It was just. I never expected us to become this. It was just kind of like an adventure,
1: a hey, choose-your-own-adventure.
0: Yeah. And then look at this. You got to know us.
1: I right. I am so thankful for that. I can you sense the sarcasm in his voice, Haas? Because I no, know. no.
2: Wait, I have to explain this all the time. Listen, everybody <laughs> has this friend of theirs that always looks stoned. Is that you? No. I'm the guy that no matter what he says, sounds sarcastic. So every morning when we're going off to work, I look at my beautiful wife and I say, wow, you look good today. And she just goes, God, thank God I've been married to you all these years. Because if anybody else heard you, I'd have to stab you in the eyeball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I love that in, in the one question you answered Another question that we had down the road, which was going to be, you know, for you, because you are, uh, the, the godfather and founder of Coronation, it was going to be how you came to, you know, write Coronation, but you answered that one already, so Haas has another easy question for you, uh, and, and I'll let him take it from here.
0: So, John, when you were out there in, uh, God's country where the deer and the antelope play were you a Nebraska fan since birth or what moment did you decide to quit following the Colorado Buffaloes and, you know, become a Nebraska fan?
2: I think uh, there's been a lot of stuff happened to me and my memories are fractured from my early days, but one thing that still stands out is this. We used to have a fall festival in my hometown and I, I obviously it's in fall I don't remember when it is but they used to have these booths right and you could were just wooden booths you like could go up like you were at a fair and I don't know throw a nickel they win a little stuffed animal I don't remember what was there but one thing I do remember is like a moment in a movie in which everybody had the radio on And Lyle Bremser's voice is on that radio. And Lyle Bremser's voice was amazing. And everybody, everybody in that park would stop what they were doing as if they were frozen in a moment in time when Lyle Bremser's voice came up to do a touchdown call or something. And I remember being a little kid and experiencing this moment where Oh my God, there is something really special going on right now. What the hell is this? And that I guess that, you know what I mean? You seize moments in time in your mind. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: You you can travel through life and like I said, my memory's fractured because of what I've happened have happened to me, but there are things that just grab you and stay with you. You know, I'm older, obviously, Korean War. 30 years later, you can still look back and remember, for example, I don't know, a, a car accident, you almost had. The way that a girl looked at you from across the team. Uh, the moment when a friend of mine in high school hit me on a kickoff and I saw a green flash in my head because uh, I was watching the football and he hit me late. Uh I you know, you could go through these memories. Uh playing on a cart playing on a couch in Carney and getting your face beat in by five guys. You know what I mean? And it wasn't five guys burgers. Maybe it was. I don't know.
1: Okay, we that was the moment that I remember. And it's you know, I, I just goes to show that, you know, even back in the fifties, uh when you were a wee lad, um <laughs> You know the that magic of of Husker football slowed time down. You know it it, it brought everybody together. Uh, and you know here here we are, twenty eighteen, and you know kind of bring it back to Scott Frost. And to use a word that you used, but in a different um, sense, you said that you know because of what's happened, you know your 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 memories are, are fractured. But up until you know, December of 2017 this fan base was fractured uh, ever since really Tom Osborne retired every coaching change fractured the fan base and you know there was the bow levers and there was the bow levers and uh, uh, and the Mike Rye levers and the no I'm not I can't really pull that one off um, but now we you know as far as coming together I think aside from you know what he potentially brings, you know, to the football field and, you know, records and, and things like that. But Scott Frost has unified the fan base. So uh, much like Lyle Bremser, you know, the 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 voice and, and the radio uh, play-by-play did years ago, in in a similar way, Scott Frost has mended a lot of hearts, you know, and, and which is crazy to say because he's not yet, you know, coached, one game for the huskers i mean that'll happen this weekend obviously but just his arrival his uh, presence has has done a lot of good for the fan base and you know kind of going back to what we were talking about at the at the top of the show that's a that's a tall order you know and the expectations are so high um it's terrifying that that's that's exactly why it is terrifying because like you said if if he can't do it You know, close the doors because nobody's going to be able to you know make the fan base happy. If if it's not you know conference you know at least playing for conference championships in a couple of years, playing you know in the playoffs in you know a few after that, something like that. If it's you know muddling around in seven, eight win seasons or even nine win seasons, but unable to eclipse Wisconsin, uh, unable to get those big crossover games, you know, wins over some of the East uh, Division teams then they're going to call for his head just like they did Riley and Bo and, and everybody else. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tall order for sure. But uh, I, I love, I, I love that, that memory uh, that you shared about, about being at the fall festival, which appropriate enough was in the fall. You know, I don't know why the hell we'd have it in April. Um, and, uh, and hearing Lyle Brimser and everybody just kind of freezing and that, that's uh you don't get that anymore uh, because even if, it was a similar situation. Everybody's now, you know, it's 2018. They're looking at their phones. They're going in a million different directions. So, um, that, that was, I don't know that, that was nice. That, that kind of, that kind of took me back to a a simpler time. So thank you. I thank you, John. Damn Johnston.
2: Yeah. You know what? Try a simpler time when you didn't have the polio vaccine. I was
0: going to say, did that fall festival happen just after you, Got off the train in Curtis after getting back from Korea? When I was five, yes. You must have been one bad news. Korea was
2: hell. They took everybody, man. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: Okay. Uh, All right. So do you have a favorite moment in Husker sports history?
2: Oh, wow. I was prepared for this. You know
1: what I'm going to say? Good to know somebody listens to the show. I, know,
2: no, I, I listened because I wanted to be prepared.
0: Um, John and Pat in Thailand? Is it Thailand or Taiwan? What are you talking Where's about? Our fan from? Where's our number one fan from?
1: Oh, uh, Pat in Thailand.
0: Yeah, so John, JDJ and Pat in Thailand are our fans.
2: Okay, my favorite moment in Husker history... I mean, everybody could pick the easy ones like going for two or Corey Schlesinger or whatever the two DDs, TDs against Miami. I'm going to pick an odd one. Was
1: All it right. the, the first game uh, in 1912? It is
2: Byron Bennett's missed field goal against Florida State. What the
0: fuck, man?
2: I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I have another story for you. What the fuck? Uh, I was going to look this up, but I ran out of time because I've been really buried by real work lately. I'm sorry, but Hoss's but,
1: reaction was priceless. What's that? Yeah, Hoss's reaction was priceless. Um, here's the thing with that. I I
2: still remember that game too. Yeah, well, I watched that with my wife and her family out in uh, their farm and like near Farnham, Nebraska. And right before he went down to make that kick. I turned to my wife, and I said, it really doesn't matter if he makes this kick. And she turned, and she looked at me, and she said, you're drunk. And he missed the kick, obviously. And what I was thinking about that was I was thinking, that game. Lee Corso was on TV. We were 21-point underdogs to Florida State, 21 points. Lee Corso, I remember showing a clip of us playing against like Kansas State. One of our cornerbacks or something made a wrong move, and Lee Corso was like, "Wow, there's a Florida State. will kill them. Ah, they can't even keep up with them. Florida State is fast. Nebraska, yeah, slow." And then we went into that game, and it was a it was a dogfight. And if you ever talk to any of those players in that game, uh, there's a reason why. That was one of the most close-fought national championships, but it's never considered one of the top games by any The reason why is the officiating was so one-sided, it was horrifying. Corey, Dixon, Corey
0: Dixon's punt return. Clip.
2: Corey Dixon, the phantom clip on the punt return, William Floyd's fumble at the goal line that wasn't called the fumble, it was called the touchdown. But when you look at that game, here's the thing. And I, 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 this is might be part of my memory that's bad, but here's the thing. When we got down to Florida years before, we had gotten our asses destroyed. 1992, 22 to nothing against Miami. We I don't even think we crossed the fifty yard line. We were a bucket annihilable. But that game, one of our receivers went across the middle of the Florida State defensive back destroyed it. And on the next series One of their receivers went across the middle of the field. One of our defensive backs just fucking crushed him. And it was like saying, (laughs) we're not the same team. And when you looked at that game, you saw something that was different about Nebraska. You knew if you were following football, you suddenly had something different, a different beast that showed up in Nebraska. That's why I turned to my wife and said, "It doesn't matter because God, something is rising up." And Tom Musgrove went on, obviously, rest But you know, I was at the what was the, the the game that made Tommy Bowden's career? Like what, 1982, Florida State, Nebraska, where they beat us in the trail.
1: Taking your so, word for it, old timer.
2: Well, you know what? I think it was 20 to 16, and I turned and I looked at my, a friend of mine, again, in the stadium. Fractured memory, but it's kind of funny what I remember. I turned and looked at a friend of mine, and I said, uh, this Bowden guy has something rising out of the asphalt." That guy knows how to coach. Florida State went on to be scored state. You know, you, know, you can pick, It's easy. It's really easy to pick your favorite moments as when you win and Byron Bennett got so much shit after missing a field goal and it's funny that it's bizarre to me that football games always come down to let's put it on the kicker at the last second it wasn't all those shitty plays we made earlier in the game it was this last second thing that happened and it didn't go away and you know you know what I mean? It's bizarre That always always struck me as
1: um, I want to Go back a a minute to what you said uh, about you know looking at your wife and saying whether he makes it or not because of the way Nebraska played the way they competed uh, in Florida you know kind of for the first time and you said there's something you know rising up uh, you know they're they're not going to be kicked around by these Florida teams anymore and immediately uh, and and we're going to talk. You know about some sadness and joy in, in a few minutes. I know, but immediately when you said that, my mind went. You know, as far as something arising up, uh, uh, to the Sawyer Brown lyrics, I hear something uh, coming that I that I've never heard before. It's a red and white freight train, and I want to get on board. Um, so that that's what I interpret. That that's how I read what you. And, and to a point, I mean, it's right because. The, the next year, you know, things went, you know, decidedly different and in, in, in the Big Reds' favor. Um, so it was – go ahead.
0: Real, real quick, if, you know, as much as my reaction to John's favorite moment being Byron Bennett's missed field goal um, being what it was, if he makes that, there's no guarantee that 94 and 95 happen. That's you true. Know, it. It's, it was kind of a galvanizing moment that, you know, unfinished business putting a minute 16 up on the scoreboard in the stadium during summer conditioning as a motivational factor. And, you know, it's kind of, in a way, I can see what John means here. Um, that kind of set the stage for 94,
2: 95, 97. I mean, let's face it, you don't. People, there's a lot of people that just look at success and success and success, but the honest to God truth is uh, failure a lot of times, and I sound like a, I, I should do motivational speaking. You should. Uh, In front, you know, you I mean, failure failure, people. failure makes
1: you resolve to do a better job.
0: hmm it, it can be a great teacher.
1: So we know your favorite Husker sports moment. Now we get to what I consider the fun part, and that is, do you have a favorite Husker? Like an all-time favorite Husker?
2: Turner Gill. Ooh. No one's and I said think one. I think the reason why is, uh, you know, I met Mike Rozier Monday night, and I should have asked him more questions, but and it was interesting to just listen to him talk because I stayed there for a while after everybody else did. But uh, I think there's a lot of, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of great players on, on Nebraska's team. You could, Again, it's easy to go with like Tommy Fraser, maybe for your younger guys, maybe like Taylor Martinez. Uh, but I think for me it was Turner Gill. The reason why is because when you were at Nebraska when he played, and you can go back and watch this on film, you know, the YouTube or something. THE INTERNETS! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I think when you watched Turner Gill play that, that position in you know, metal, it was like, I don't watch a lot of now. You know, every once in a while, the Olympics... Right. he was so unbelievably graceful and beautiful and he, he just seemed like all of his decision making was wonderful and uh, even when he got hit hard unless it was a team, uh, he, it was like he gracefully felt great, you know? I, I was amazed by the guy and I think the other thing is about is, uh, that has been Turner Gill's life. It's not just been his action. All of his life, a graceful moment of him living his. Life. I don't want to get religious, but he's stood for something immensely. Right, you know what? Offense was just so unbelievably beautiful, and it only came down to one play that he
1: did on a national. Title. <clears throat> That's a uh, interesting uh, point. I mean, not not interesting. Uh, not disparaging in any way. Um, you know, just a fa- fantastic point that, that you made, and, and it's not it's not a name that uh, you know we had uh, heard throughout our summer series of the cross-examination. But, you know, we're all young pups and you're an old fart and uh, uh, Korean War and whatnot, so.
2: Well, you know, and then there was Ed Weir and me.
0: Guy Chamberlain.
2: Battle of the Somme. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) How hard it was to fight him. It was a grinder. Anyway. No, I mean, uh, you know, it's easy for me to say that because I am an old fart. (laughs) Son of the bitches never got to see him play live.
0: So with all like, this established, you even,
2: were your parents even born then?
1: My, Wait, a I, I just want to go on a record and, and say, based on and in all, in all, I mean, we joked about the Korean War and whatnot, but based on the information that you have shared, it is my understanding that my parents are older than you.
0: I think my dad's about the same age as you. My dad's sixty. So.
2: Okay, fine.
0: So you're not that old. I mean, so John, I out know. of uh, the four failed regimes post Osborne, who do you wish was most successful? None. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, we let's tally that one.
1: That's uh, that's. The- I mean, let's get let's
2: let's start. You know, Frank Solich was going to be damned because he wasn't Tom Osborne, and it, it, there seems to be this thing where we go. Let's feel. Let's rebirth Frank Arms, Frank uh, Frank Osborne. Oh my God! <laughs> what the hell am I saying? Frank Solich. I mean, here's the fact about Frank. He went seven and seven, and everybody wanted to kill him. And uh, you know, the year he got fired, uh, what I like to see in him. What happens when he had his own guys actually coaching instead of the ones Tom Osborne forced him to have? Yeah, I think that would have been more fair. But the honest to God truth is. Here's how it went. We would have crucified him and burned his family alive because he wasn't Tom Osborne. So what happened to Frank was we had a complete bastard come in and fire him. We hate that guy. And then Frank went off to another school in Ohio. And where he's done, he's had a fairly decent success at a school that has never had success. One yeah, of my no college one
1: roommates.
2: One of my college roommates is a professor at Ohio, and uh, he used to say that what was it? Uh, fans at Ohio would show up to watch the band, and the most noise they made was the car doors slamming when they left at half. So we should not feel sorry for Frank. Frank's gone on, and he's had a good career. And he's probably been accepted in a place that we would have never accepted him. So, you know, there's Frank. Bill comes along. A lot of people go, well, Bill Callahan would have been fine if he'd have fired his defensive coordinator. No, he wouldn't. Bill Callahan had a character flaw. It's a character flaw that you cannot have in a leader. His character flaw was when the shit hit the fan, Bill Callahan would have rather hid in a closet than talk to anybody or stood up in front of anybody.
0: Sounds like Tim Beck.
2: Well, I don't know about Tim Beck as much, but Tim Beck's never got up to that level yet.
0: Uh, he let college kids answer the foot the bill after bad showings while he collected 750000 a year. So I think Tim Beck... That
2: not, that's not that. a position where you want to be in. If you're going to be a, a leader... A real leader, you know. So, Bill Callahan was never going to be successful because of that character flaw. And what happened to Bill Callahan? Bill Callahan is an excellent position coach somewhere. I don't know where the hell that is. Washington. I don't, I don't care.
0: Well, he's the best line coach in football, so you should. And then what, who's the next guy? Uh, Dick knows Bo Pelini. <laughs>
2: yeah. And Bo... A lot of
0: flaws there.
2: Ooh, Bo, Bo had his own flaws, mostly of which was the apparently along the anger management, not along the level of Richie Cognito anger management. Yeah. face it, Bo would lose his mind about things that didn't matter, and you just go, "Oh, you're still. We're moving on now. We're going. We're going along on the tour of life, and you're still back there angry about I don't know Buffalo or." That fourth down caller, that, what the hell are you doing over there? You know what I mean? So, Bo Pelini was there. He's, he really doesn't belong. People keep going, well, he's going to go coach somewhere else. No, he's not. He's not going to. Nobody should hire that guy to coach an FBS team. Nope, I
0: totally agree.
2: You know, and then we have Mike. Nice, nice Mike. Mike. And really, you know what? I think Mike Riley was the perfect coach for Perfect coach for Nebraska. You know why? Hmm. Come on, ask me why you sons of bitches. <laughs> I'm doing all the talking. Why, 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 John? John why, Johnson. Why? Because he was the perfect placeholder for three years. Yeah. He he spent. You know, he was hired by a guy, and the honest God truth, he didn't he didn't get paid that much. His buyout wasn't huge wasn't like we threw shitloads of money at him so we have to pay him off for the next 50 years. Like Charlie Weiss or Weiss or whatever that dickhead's name still called. <laughs> get paid by somebody. But uh, Mike Riley was a perfect place for him. Literally like he was like the guy that said, Hey, how about you take this job until Scott Frost is really ready to take it? Hey. Are you guys do Yeah. <laughs> Can I yeah. go to the press conference after you fire me? Hey, I'll hire a maniac. Should look good in a shirt and a defensive coordinator. <laughs> you know what I mean? So none of these guys, none of them. And then we here we are. Because here's the thing about life. You can't, if you like where you're at right now in your life, you can't go back and like change shit and expect the time to be insane. I read a lot of sci once I wrote some like, of it's really crap. Nobody knows about that. Oh, I forgot. But, anyway, uh, you can't change your time and then expect things to turn out the same. So, here we are with our second coming our Savior. God is um, Scott Frost, and, you know, he's going to see. So do I want any of them other sons of bitches to that's not if it means changing this time,
1: right?
0: And I think you know that's, kind that's of, the most in-depth answer we've
1: had. And and that oh, kind okay. Of,
2: here's the thing, but you guys talk amongst yourselves. I have to get up for a minute. I,
1: I, okay, I was gonna all say right. That. I was going to say right. that well, John, let put us you know on, when
0: you're out of your shot. I'm going to
2: put you on mute, and you can talk about me, and then I'll have to listen to the podcast to hear what you say.
0: All right, council need to confer.
1: Yes. Uh, Can you believe this guy? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we need to have him on every show. Yeah, I think we should just become a three-person show. We need to. It will, our ratings will go through the roof. Um,
0: We'll probably be censured by the university, but, you know.
1: Yeah, I I was honestly thinking at the beginning of the show when you two were uh, uh, going back and forth, I'm like, I'm just going to bow out this episode because they've got it covered this is more entertaining than i could ever bring to the table
0: oh i you're just lucky uh we got it back on the rails before i launched into my why iowa is not 42 points better than us dissertation
1: oh we'll save that for iowa week oh yes uh
0: we'll we'll need to have some take some shots across the
1: bow (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah and and how about kinnick stadium not being a level playing field literally
0: Oh, I know. Did you you see those
1: pictures of the flood? It was insane. I mean, I'm pretty sure that you know, the coaches know which way the ball is going to roll. I don't care how goofy a football is shaped. They know
0: you know how you know how Iowa fans love to hate us more than they love themselves and their own team. So there's probably a few of them in Dubuque and you know Mason City and Winterset listening to the show. You know, just with their penis envy of Nebraska football. Um, You know what? I'll say this. Kinnick Stadium, easy to get in and out of. Nothing about the place screams major college
1: football. Well, nothing about Iowa screams major college football.
0: No, their Ring of Honor is like seven
1: names. Now, see, it's funny that you you went that way with Ring of Honor, and I went like, oh, yeah, uh, I wonder how many of those guys are going to be at All-In in in, uh, Chicago this upcoming weekend. The big wrestling pay per view. Ah, pro wrestling. Yeah, that's really gonna. We're really gonna lose them now.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That people are probably when they're listening to this podcast on Friday morning or on their way down to Lincoln for their tailgates, they're gonna be like, oh, "I'm gonna turn it off now." So we're gonna reel you back in, folks. So
1: here we're good. Talk about some
2: okay. This what? Fun, but, he,
0: oh shit. I, yeah.
1: I do. I do want to make a quick plug uh, because uh, our our friend. That uh, John tried hooking, uh, you know, getting me in contact with at uh, Breaking Tees, right? John, Does that sound right? Yeah. They never got back yep. to me. So, uh, uh, Kevin, we're not going juice t-shirts. We we can. Kevin over at My One Two Three Cents, the podcast on the Jitter Monkey Podcast <laughs> Network, has now has a store on ProWrestlingTees.com. So I'm going to piggyback off of that and get some, uh, you know, some designs made up uh-huh. set up through his store. Uh, so that you know, people can. I th- I think what we need, honestly, is a JDJ shirt and the outline of the state of Nebraska around it. I'd wear it. John Can't John be D. like a gray heathered tee. Oh uh, yeah, we'll 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 work on that.
0: Size medium husky.
1: <laughs> they don't think they make a medium husky. <laughs> um, uh. All right, so let's. Look for – we we've – let's look for – okay, so it is game week, and uh, the Akron – Do I
2: have more questions?
0: No, no, we're not. No you, no, you can get down off the stand.
2: Oh, God,
1: thank God. Uh, Akron Zips come to town. As we, we mentioned, of course, everybody knows by now, it is the uh, first game of the Frost, Scott Frost era, and – I want to talk, there was an article I unfortunately didn't have the chance to read <laughs> it, so I'm well done. Good push. Um, Coronation.com, I well, I'm, I don't even know who, exactly who, uh, but anyway, that was so, me. some changes at Memorial Stadium as far as your game day experience. I know they've put some LED lights in place. Uh, could have a lot of fun uh, with, with some of these new modifications at Memorial Stadium. What do you guys, what, what's your take on that? Is it just finally time that they got to the 21st century?
0: That, and I love the idea of putting the clock in that counts down how much time is left in a media
1: timeout, because
0: when you're at a cold-weather game, media timeouts are the
1: bane of your existence. I've always hated media timeouts. Um, I think, for me, that's why some of my favorite football is high school football, because, I mean, A, I was the media, and timeouts were 60 seconds, uh, and, and that was it. I mean, but but I just – look, I get it. You know, networks have to sell ads. It's better than watching things on pay-per-view. But when you're sitting I – mean, and I don't care if I'm sitting at home on the couch or, or you know, at, at a Buffalo Wild Wings or that type of place, sports bar, or in a stadium, media timeouts just take everything – it takes so much focus away from the game, and you know you got to trot out, you know, a, a little punt passing kick kid or something like that, or um, you know, just do all that before the game or at halftime. I don't, I don't need all that. I just, you know, get get more game, more football. Now, that's what I want.
2: You know what? When you're if you're shooting the game and you're a photographer down the field, media timeouts are your friend because they allow you to run around the field and adjust your position. Well, nobody asked you. Yeah, I know, but you know what else wasn't mentioned in that whole game day experience thing? What's that? They're not getting rid of the animal killing balloons.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: we have an environmentalist on our hands.
2: I mean, come on. For God's sakes, they're balloons. If we can't change one freaking oh, no. environmental acquire, disaster. Man. I care less it.
0: about the and balloons. I'm there for what the are,
2: What can we change?
0: Well, we could start wearing black.
2: I think I think when Ohio State comes to town, we wear white beaters. Oh,
0: God. Everybody
2: to. in the stadium puts on white beaters and just said, yeah, it's cold, but we don't care, you sons of bitches.
0: Good thing I got a whole nother year until Ohio State rolls into town. To and are a they, a few more arm workouts, to get to wear white. The-
1: I, uh, I think it'd be great if we could coordinate – uh around the stadium and have one section be black one section be red black red but we can't like like also we can't get everybody on board for a blackout it it's it's the sea of red it's always going to be a sea of red there's no there's no changing that period no there isn't so um do we know anything i mean i know that By the time this episode drops, we've probably got the Q&A back from uh, James Snyder from HustleBelt.com. Do we know anything about Akron Haas? You're usually the guy who does some research. I'm not. Yes, we do. Okay. What do we know? Damn. We know
2: that some guy somewhere, maybe years ago, before the Korean War, decided that the whole university said to themselves, let's call ourselves the zips are <laughs> I mean, you seriously you can call yourself the golden Gophers or the the beavers or the I don't know what else you want to call your the red blotchy thing of Western Kentucky but <laughs> some some people somewhere in Ohio literally said let's call ourselves the zips My God, it's just—it's literally like I—I I really wanted to ask the guy Akron Zips. What? What? Did of all the things that you want to change in the world, would you like to go through life? Yes, Mom, I want to go to a school. With a, the Zips. <laughs> I mean, even if you're an accounting like major, and you go out and you do an interview, who, where'd you go to school, Akron? Oh, God, that's a fail, isn't it?
1: John, you're never not being on the show.
2: Wait, with I like. Do they get jobs? Can you? We, do they? Do people the right? Do they ever get married? Do they have <laughs> children, their children go up and they go to school? And people went, "Yeah, your dad, but is Zip? What, what
1: do you do after that?" Okay, t- time Nothing. out. Zach Morris, time it's out. The dumbest name ever. I don't care if, if you do entire episodes with us, but for the love of God, we have to have you on every week just to make fun of the other school for five okay. minutes.
2: I can probably do that. Okay, and, and then we have uh, they have a guy named Cato as their quarterback. Kalen, Cato, right? Kato. no. Kato. Well, see, that was Cato Kalen. That was the OJ thing, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I thought you said Cato. Is it not? Did you say something different? Not Cato. Kato. K-A-T-O. K-K-A-T-O. Yeah, like Cato, Kalen. Yeah, see, I'm old, so I think of,
2: <laughs> I think of the Pink Panther movies with uh, Peter Sellings where every time he walked into his apartment, his assistant Cato would attack him in judo form. Oh my God, I'm dating myself. I did well, let's move on. Yeah. Old people will appreciate this podcast.
1: Uh, so, the, so when
2: you were when you were MacArthur, uh, when, hold on. When, when we went at Inchon, that whole Tide thing was amazing. When, anyway,
1: when you were a young man growing up in Curtis, Nebraska, were you dating yourself often? Never mind. Uh, that's a Cobcast joke right kind there. A
2: weird thing uh, to say, because, uh, you know, back then, we didn't actually say that we would say, uh, are you dating yourself? Yes. My hands are callous.
1: I you know I hope Pat and Tweety are listening and get a chuckle out of that because by golly that that's for them that's for the boys yes, at the is. big red cobcast. Um, we need to talk real quick because the last time we uh, got together and recorded was Sunday night, and we knew who we knew that Adrian Martinez was was named the starting quarterback. We didn't know until Monday that there was speculation, and it's been since confirmed that Tristan Jebbia. Uh, was going to transfer out, and not only has he transferred out, but landing at Oregon State, which I thought was a little odd. But I, I guess their coach uh, pursued him, He tried to recruit him pretty hard when he was at Washington. So I guess some aspects of that make sense. What do you, what do you guys take on on Jebby leaving the program? And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface everything by saying he, he's a young man who's making a decision that he thinks is the best for, uh, you know, him and his future career. I, I certainly wish that he would have, you know, stayed in Lincoln, but he's got to do what's best for him. No ill will from me, but what's your guys take on that? Because all of a sudden, you know, we're, instead of, you know, what well, we had a, a very tight quarterback battle. Now we've got Adrian Martinez. We've got Noah Vedrill who is not yet eligible and Andrew Bunch, who I believe is eligible, but, you know, that's a different type of player. So, uh, Haas, we'll start with you. Uh, Tristan Jebby leaves Lincoln. What, what's your takeaway?
0: Well, like you said, I mean, he's got to do what's right for his career. If he has aspirations of being an NFL quarterback, he's got to go to a place where he's going to be able to compete for the job because if he didn't beat out Adrian Martinez this year, he likely is not going to beat him out any of the next three years either. While people can say, oh, he's one play away you know, from being the starter. He got a goal being in the NFL. He can't really deal in hypotheticals. So I don't blame him for leaving. But as the news came out today about Mario Verduzco saying that he didn't get the sense that Jebby was planning on transferring when he notified him Saturday night that Martinez was the starter. And then he got the phone call the next morning that he was transferring. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in that. Uh, just from the standpoint that you know we're at that point we're T minus 6 days until the season opener and the guy who's gotten a lot of reps who you're thinking is going to be your backup is suddenly not on the team uh, that puts us in a tough spot it, it's it's really kind of a you know hard to reconcile you know both sides of the situation yeah you know you got to do what's right for you on the other hand, man, like we're in a tight spot. We're back right into the quarterback situation, like we were in 2015—a scholarship starter and a walk-on backup, two walk-on backups—and uh, and to top that off, it's a true freshman who's starting. So, and- best of luck to him. But if with the quick decision to transfer to Oregon State, coming you know just a few days after getting his release. You almost have to think this was premeditated, in a sense.
1: And I... I right. Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I don't think that just because Martinez was named starter, I don't think that that would have completely eliminated Jebby from seeing any playing time. I just, you know... Well,
0: yeah, I, I think it eliminates playing time, barring injury or mop-up duty, whether we're up 40 or down 40. Okay. Uh, you know, Frost has said he doesn't want to play two quarterbacks. And you know the notion that he would get time was kind. Of, I never understood why a lot of fans were saying that. Not calling you out directly, you know, saying that, but we we're going to pick a guy and we we're going to roll with him. Like Frost has said, he's going to whoever was the starter was going to have a long leash. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough situation, but that's college football, and that's why Scott Frost paid five million dollars a year to get another guy ready.
2: You know, years ago, I worked for a a company, and their uh, IT manager had not a big staff, but she had about five or six people on her staff. And uh, she had this one person that she liked a lot, and that person was very good at what they were doing. But she took their entire training budget and gave it to that one person. And the moment that person had all that training, that person got up and left her organization. And... (laughs) She was, you know, because I'm a consultant, I get called into a lot of meetings with managers and executives and stuff where they bare their souls to me because I'm not an employee. And they look at me and they go, well, what would you have done? And I wanted to look at her and say, because I really liked working for this woman, I wanted her to look at her and say, you're a fucking idiot because not only has you lost all your training budget and placed it on a person that's no longer here. You've alienated the rest of your staff. Why don't you just start over? So, I think the thing is, is uh, this was not well managed by our Nebraska coaches. Number one, and uh, number two, uh, Haas made the point that uh, if he didn't beat him out this year, he probably wasn't going to beat him out the next. And I honestly think Tristan Jubia, we haven't heard the last of him. I think no people think he's small, but I think he. I think he read defenses very well. I like to watch him play in the few moments we got to see him in the spring game. I think that he'll have a future. I think somebody at Oregon State probably said, "Well, your future might be here, running a pro style in the NFL." So uh, here we were. We entered. We were going to enter this season with two four-star quarterbacks, and we we're going to enter it with a four-star quarterback and a and a walk-on. So. When you look at these guys that go in three years, we're going to be competing for Big Ten championships. You look at them and go again. I'll go back to where we started. This is terrifying. Stop setting your expectations so high because that's what you want to have. Start setting your expectations at a point at which you can be realistic. At which they can. Do you do this in your personal lives? I just ask people. If you set your goals so high that you can never possibly achieve them, and you're constantly disappointed in yourself. Then hire me as a motivational speaker. I'll tell you why. You could set your goals so that you actually could achieve a few at a time. Like maybe go six and six this year. Get the goal. next year. Go eight. Better the following year. Maybe win the Big Ten best. Then maybe after that start. That's why the expectation stuff is idiotic. It's like we want to crucify a guy. That's
1: well, uh, John, I, I want to hire you to be a motivational speaker for me uh, and keep me goal-oriented. I just don't think I can afford you.
2: That's true. You probably could.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> before we get to, we're going to uh, wrap up this episode here in, in a few minutes and uh, with a, a prediction of how we think Saturday's game is going to go. Remember, it's 7 o'clock uh, this Saturday night, Memorial Stadium, Nebraska versus the Akron Zips. Um, but before we do that, uh, I'm kind of springing this on Haas because I didn't, didn't smart him up like I did John. Um, we are just about one year removed from the loss of one of our dear friends and, and uh, colleagues at Coronation, and he actually would have celebrated – uh, a birthday this past week. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was, John, it was just after Brian's passing that I had you on the show, and we, we just talked kind of long form about, about Brian and everything. Um, yeah. He would, he, he I know he's, you know, watching, uh, looking down, and, and uh, you know, if, if they had better Wi Fi in heaven, uh, he'd probably still be contributing. Uh, in, in some way, but you you, you got to think that he'd just be all in on on this. Uh, just I I think he'd be cautiously optimistic and and wanting expectations to be tempered a little bit, like you were saying, John. But you know that as we're you know days away from kickoff and in the return of Scott Frost, that he'd just be oh, he'd be like a kid in a candy store. I think, and and I think yeah. the the article ideas that that would be flowing through him, either the ones that he'd be writing himself or the ones that he'd be delegating. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, that he'd be having so much fun right now.
2: Well, I, I, here's the thing. I, his, I don't want to get, make this too personal, but his wife, Kelly last year, Brian, before he passed uh, him and his wife, apparently had talked about moving back, m- moving back to Lincoln.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And his wife, Kelly actually did move back, back to Lincoln. So, Brian would have been in Lincoln right now and and honestly uh, I think given that uh, he would have had my job I think that he had a, such a passion for all of this that I don't think I would have basically just said why don't you take over the site because uh, I'm old and crusty and Brian had a lot more just passion for doing this and I think he would have I don't know. It's just sad.
1: Well, I mean, you know. For me,
2: for me personally, it's, it's really, it's hard to think that I've already been dead and I came back and survived what I went through. And my children are fully grown. And when I went to his funeral, I met his wife and his three-year-old daughter and his 16-year-old son. And to think of the fact that he didn't make it and I did, that's really just a shitty way that things work out. And I really, you know, I'm not going to say that I don't want to be here or I don't wish to be here because my family needs me too sometimes. But God, the idea that he has a three- and four-year-old daughter without him around is really just the shittiest thing ever. I, Nebraska football, he would have been all over this. Yeah.
1: I, um, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, kind of piggyback on what you said, we never know when our number is going to be called. Um, the best we can do is, and this is something that, you know, not to, talk too much about it this is something that i'm learning every day is trying to be a better person uh trying to be a better you know husband and father um you know hug hug my loved ones tell them i love them um and it doesn't matter if it's you know an adorable three or four year old little girl or a a rotten son who decides to go to minnesota um right you know uh it's um you know, we, we live here's the thing
2: we live our lives as if you know there's a there's constant studies saying that like the average lifetime is 72 oh my god it went down to 67 oh my god it went up to 68 and we live our lives literally as if that is our entitlement and yeah. the fact of the matter is uh, there's a lot of us that aren't going to make it that far it, it's going to be attributed to you know, our health, our own lifestyle, sometimes you know, stuff happens beyond our control. There's people that want to live their lives as if they're in control of every facet of them. But none of those things is true. And when you get up every morning, you really should look around the people that you love and tell them you love them. Because it could be the last day. And the other thing is, is really you know, if you need to go through your life and forgive the people that have trespassed against you because that's for you. And if you want to make the world a better place, really the, the the easiest thing about life is loving other people and let them love you back. And that's so difficult for a lot of us. It really is because there's a lot of us that go through a lot of stuff at the night that we don't believe that we deserve. fact of the matter is, is that we just relax and realize that as human beings, we're all pretty much screwed up individuals.
1: I hope you
2: When I was in college, I ran I, This is an old story uh, When I was a college I ran for the student body president at Nebraska as a sixth year undeclared and I ran as part of the scum. Party.
1: As part I, of the what? As the scum party. We were the scum party. Okay. Now, now you, now I'm, I'm listening. And uh,
2: my, our motto was, "Deep down, we're all scum." I'm not remembering. We had a good motto. Right? deep down, we're all scum. So vote for us anyway, or something like that. But it was pretty much along the lines of, you know, I'm not better than all riffraff riffraff are the greatest friends i know and that's really if you wanted to go back to the beginning about why i created information because i want some place
1: well you certainly found all the raff you can handle <laughs> hoss are you taking notes on all this you young buck
0: yes i am
1: <clears throat> we're going to uh uh finish this episode. Hey, we had to, had to bring it down, had to, uh, you know, just talk, talk a little bit about BT. Uh, it's our, why our, uh, uh, even, you know, almost a year later, our, our Twitter handle for the show. Of course, you can find us, follow us on Twitter at the number five heart podcast, but it's five hearts for BT. Um, but we're going to finish this episode with some game predictions, uh, score predictions for, uh, this Saturday's game, Nebraska and Akron we I, I i just was talking to my husker buddy josh he uh he got some new uh drinkware uh that a buddy of his uh made and they have the uh, uh not purchased I, I gotta remember how no copyright infringement i don't think because no money changed hands uh as far as the design but on one side it says frost and on the other side there's the block letter n and uh you know it's stemware and and uh tumblers and and all kinds of good things, pint glasses. Because I'm not saying my buddy Josh has a drinking problem, but I think he has a drinking problem. Um, so I said, uh, any questions? He said, no. I said, uh, "I said you want to throw out a score prediction? And he says, 42-17 good guys. So that's Josh's prediction. As a Husker fan, of course, he knows the good guys are the big red. Uh, John, you have a, a score prediction for uh, Saturday's game? Yes. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Do Do we need to skip you and come back? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> <Hoss. laughs>
0: you know, I was thinking about this earlier in the week, and judging from it being a first live game situation with the new offense, I think there'll be a few instances where we gotta settle for field goals inside the red zone rather than touchdowns. But I'm gonna go 47-17.
1: I like it. I like it. Keeping the uh, uh, points allowed number about the same. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 45 13. I think uh, we only get let them get inside the uh, end zone once, and they might even kick two field goals. I, I think I'm being a little generous on that. I I wanted to go 45 10, but I go 45 13. So that I like it. That just leaves you, John.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go 24-21.
0: <laughs> Good guys? Oh, Lord, help us if that ends up. 24-21 right, to
2: 21, Nebraska. Here's the thing. Adrian Martinez uh, throws two pick sixes and then uh, one interception off a fumble. One, I mean, one one touchdown for the chips. A fumble. Their offense isn't going
1: to score anything. Well, I like that aspect. We're going
2: to learn really quickly that this Scott Frost offense is more difficult than anybody imagined. That we have to lower our expectations, and that God, I hope this doesn't happen. This, I don't want to have another heart.
1: Attack. We don't want you to have another heart attack, buddy. All right. Yeah, I don't want to be.
2: I'd rather be wrong, but I, I think that I think that it's going to be. I, it's going to be rougher than people think of it. I want to set my expectations really low. So I'm happy.
1: So John's expecting growing pains. We yes. will. We'll find God out. Them. Oh, Akron is not good. We're going to find out come Saturday night. Uh, make sure that you are uh, being part of the uh, participating in the game thread on com. If you haven't yet, make sure you head over to coordination.com, read the uh, Q and a with James Snyder of hustlebelt.com and, uh, uh, the Akron uh, Correspondent, and uh, and we will will have more thoughts for you early in the week as we review the game uh, against the Zips. So for myself, Greg Mahachko, my co-host, as always, Hoss Reuter, and our illustrious and highly praised and favorite guest of all time, probably, uh, if there was a poll, uh, John Dam Johnston, we remind you this week... And every week, that five heart is all the heart you need. John? I uh, go big red? That's right. Hoss?
0: Win the damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.